Hello, we're back with MEC Connect. In the last episode, Dr. Bronco discussed the importance of a trauma center. Today, we will discuss the significance of centers of excellence as it pertains to rehabilitating an injured employee. Hello, I'm your host, Matthew Yaling. I'm joined by my co-host, Patty Reinecke and Dr. Fernando Bronco. Thanks for being here. Hello, everyone. This is Patty Reinecke. I'm the Director of Client Consults and TPA Relationships here at Midwest Employers Casualty, and we are honored to have Dr. Bronco join us today. Well, thank you, Matt and Patty, for inviting me. Welcome. We're going to talk about centers of excellence in cat treatment. You know, maybe the first thing we could do is just define what is a center of excellence for treatment. These cases, as have been described in previous episodes, are very complex clinical cases. Uh, They're called catastrophic cases for that reason. Treatment is very extensive. Recovery is very prolonged. It's a long process. And uh, there is a multifactorial approach that needs to be done because these patients not only sometimes will have one diagnosis, but multiple diagnoses besides might be a, a compounding brain injury of a spinal cord injury and also some, uh, some trauma with orthopedic fractures and, and post-surgeries. That means all that needs to be evaluated and treated in one center. There are thousands and thousands, actually probably a hundred thousand rehab centers in the country because there is a rehab center associated with almost every hospital and there is uh, long-term care like uh, nursing homes. They also have rehabilitation, but very few of the thousands and thousands of rehabilitation centers will be able to actually take care of these very complex cases. And how you determine that you have to analyze what is their history on taking care of these patients. As I have mentioned in previous uh, podcasts here, is you want to go into a center, be an acute trauma center or an acute rehab center, uh, a center that takes care of a large amount of patients of that diagnosis. And in that regard, some centers are multi diagnosis appropriate, but others will be more specialized in one diagnosis or another. And you need to see how many do they see. Let's say a rehab center that tells you, oh, we we have a wonderful spinal cord injury unit, and then you ask how many cases do you guys treat a year, and they tell you one or two. That is not enough, because if you ever work with rehabilitation, uh, you need to have that constant training of the therapists and how they function with this specific diagnosis. The rehabilitation of brain injury patient is completely different from a spinal cord injury patient that is completely different from the, an amputation rehabilitation or even a multi-trauma. Then imagine some of the different combinations of this diagnosis that some of these hospitals have to address. Some of this, this hospitals are very, very specialized. Like with burns, for example, there is one type of cat, cat injury. Very few rehabilitation centers actually extend spinal cord brain injury and burns. In general, they're freestanding burn units and burnt rehab centers because it's a very complex, again, and it has to be very specialized treatment, experts in nursing that needs to understand burn patients. Then you have to go to this very, very specialized centers of excellence. You would think that in a country as large as the United States, you would have hundreds and hundreds of centers of excellence for cat injury. Unfortunately, the reality is they are much less than that, and uh, we have a, a few, I would say under, under 20, at least from my standpoint, that can actually handle most of these uh, cases uh, one another. And that's one of the reasons that sometimes we end up recommending 
uh, transferring patients out of state because of that. And that's why it shouldn't surprise you because sometimes people are very proud of their state. And look, I, I live in Florida, but we don't have uh, one of the best centers in there. There's only one that I consider good, but it doesn't cover all the different diagnoses. That tells you that even in a, in a place like Florida that is huge and there's a lot of great centers, we don't have a lot of options. You know, maybe one that I would trust to be really a center of excellence for all these cat injuries. As I said, it's also important these places to be highly regarded by their peers. I, I would avoid uh, commercially based descriptions of hospitals, you know, because if you go on the internet and you, you do a, some Googling of a place and you're going to have all these amazing things that come out of these this hospitals and, and amazing reviews. And as much as we all know that now the internet is quite a bit uh, biased because there is companies that are set up just to make places look great. Uh, that doesn't mean that everybody that has a good review there has, is not a good review, but you need to be a little more savvy and see through that and more try to see what the peers say, like, you know, communicate with your case managers, communicate with people in the area, and, and what is the center that has taken care of cases similarly. We have a very, very clear picture of all the centers in the country, and that's one of the things that we do to help because we know the centers really up close. And that's an important piece. Don't go, don't get swayed by going on the internet and looking at the website of a rehab center, I can tell you, they're going to tell you that they take care of every possible diagnosis because that's just easy, easy to write it down. That, oh, I think we have a specialized spinal cord injury unit. And then when you really check, it's actually a physical therapist that treats one patient or two patients a year. That is not a spinal cord injury unit. Thank you. That is some great information about what differentiates one center from another. And so kind of to build on that, can you kind of share some of the information that we use here at Midwest to make sure we're sending the injured employee to the right center and trying to figure out um, on the same vein you were talking about making sure those centers are able to accomplish all the things they're saying when you're speaking with them about the injury. So how are, how are we doing this here at MEC to make sure that our injured employees are going to the right center and that their outcomes are the best possible ones there? The most important thing is experience, and unfortunately, that's not something that it's easily transferable. To build up the, the kind of unit that we have built up in here, it takes years, and it's a lot of work to find the right people. That It's, it's very difficult to put down on paper the expertise of the team, being our analysts, our nurses, our lawyers, and myself, that we are part of the CAT team, I think the most important is the experience that this team has of treating these patients, of being involved in this kind of cases. I personally actually treat them, uh, being on the other side of the aisle on this. That's the most important thing to make sure that we know which centers we should be sending to and understanding. Obviously, as I mentioned before, we wanted to, to make sure that the centers actually give us the outcome, realize that because we have a high volume of these cases, we're able to analyze their outcomes. And also, uh, things change, you know, and some, some hospitals get better, some get worse. That means and we're constantly analyzing these this hospitals and, and acute rehab centers and determining if they're keeping up uh, with their quality and their outcomes or not. And if they don't, and we, we have a good relationship, we actually give them feedback. And it seems to be very welcome when we give uh, feedback. To, to the right places and to the places that we trust. Right. I recall several times where we've had cat roundtables with accounts 
and our partners about an injured employee and they're in the acute center and we're talking about going to a center of excellence and the, the family is concerned about you know relocating or temporarily having an injured employee outside of the state or in a foreign city for a period of time. So give us some examples of how we've encouraged families and the information we share with them about the centers of excellence to encourage them to send their loved ones to, to those centers. We tried to make this approach not to get through as, uh, as an imposition. You know, and the most common thing that when something like this is suggested, it's natural for the, the, the family or the patient to think, well, uh, this recommendation is probably based on mitigation. They want to go to this place because it's, it's less expensive. That's something that right away we, we explain that in general, almost 99% of the time, we're actually recommending a much more expensive center than where they are supposed to be going. And that sometimes eases. We do a lot of work. Our nurses, our catastrophic nurses, they work in conjunction with the nurse case manager that is on site that we always recommend to have a good cat nurse on site and work with them in terms of, as I mentioned before, to have this connection with the family. And if you have a connection, you can then explain. In more than one occasion, I communicated myself directly, the injured employee and the family, to explain why of our decision, and it has been helpful. That means there's a lot of ways to do this, but the most important thing is to be very open and explain that the reasons why we're doing this have nothing to do with taking away opportunities. In reality, we are trying to give an opportunity because we believe that this will improve their, their outcome in the end. Quite often, one of the things I'll say is, the employee is worth all this investment because you're going to really get a great outcome in the end. And I think people like to, to hear that the person is, is a, it's a good investment to, to spend more money to give a best outcome. We never really had a problem after we explained that. You know, so we've said it a couple of times about a good outcome, and obviously we can't guarantee any, any particular outcomes. But when, when you say a good outcome, how do you measure a good outcome from a center of excellence? You're going to have to, to look into, because catastrophic cases are so different uh, from, one, from one another, a good outcome for a brain injury uh, is not going to be the same outcome as for a stroke patient, uh, also an amputation. Then we, we're probably going to have to, to look at specific diagnosis. And there are ways to really determine, like, for example, with, with spinal cord injury, there's very clear tables that give you a general idea where a patient at that Asia level, that means of that fracture or that injury to the spinal cord, where should they end up with good treatment? That means there's a way to compare in there, but you need to look into, into some standardized outcomes. You're always going to have to keep in mind that there's a lot of factors, and I think that's one of the things that comes with the experience, is to understand that one thing is to treat a 25-year-old with brain injury and to treat a 65-year-old with brain injury likely uh, outcomes will be very different because there is a difference in terms of how the, the brain might heal. And that's just one example. There is other things. You need to see if there is other psychosocial issues. What if this person that has a brain injury now had some previous uh, psychiatric issues that we know that a brain injury might exacerbate some of those? All that needs to be keep in mind. That's why when we evaluate a case, it should never be, well, we had a TBI, then now it should be better after two months, or he's doing well, he's not having any, any issues, but nobody checked to see if they have memory problems or, or there is a problems identifying if there is 
problems with understanding, because some centers don't pay attention to those details. That means you want to make sure that the patient is fully evaluated in the best outcome, but th- that best outcome is going to have to come out of a very deep analysis of the file, because otherwise, you're going to just say that, you know, a center, because it couldn't get the 65-year-old that had a major a brain hematoma that didn't get as well as your other patient that was 30 years old, and then you say, well, this center is terrible, and this center is wonderful, and it's not that simple. There is a, a much more deeper analysis that we make uh, internally to determine who is, is best. Another important thing is uh, not missing issues, as I mentioned before. You don't want to be involved with centers that send patients home and the patient had a brain injury and they didn't even do an evaluation and maybe the patient needed a neuropsych test and people didn't even think about it or they say, oh yeah, his speech is fine and then the patient can barely understand a conversation. Those things can happen and, and you need to be aware of that. In terms of what the outcomes will be, and I, and I think this, I, I wanted to mention this, I think the centers, they have to have this very particular approach to these cases. They have to go from making sure that when we make a referral to a center, you, you, you're going to know right away a good center from not such a good center. You know, our, our centers of excellence, when we make the referral, the first thing that happens, they immediately start the process of admissions, be communicating with patient, with the doctors, with the, the hospital and start taking care of that transfer and making sure that things are addressed as they're doing this. Then you want to make sure that when they give you this information, these are centers that do an excellent job with documentation. Because if you have all this computer-generated notes and you know just snippets of, of information, you're not going to be able to really understand what's going on with the patient. And that affects the, the outcome that you're going to have. Uh, and very important, obviously, we want centers that can communicate with us on a regular basis, and that will help us to be able to address the issues that are, that are necessary. Indeed, those are all great points about making sure the injured employee is in the best place and that cost is not the most important. And I know you've said that in prior podcasts, we don't want to be pennywise and pound foolish. Um, can you talk about the Center of Excellence process, what has to be done before, during, and after, what it's like for the injured employee to be there, their family, and, and, and build a little bit on the communication piece that you talked about previously. That, that is really extremely important. All the good centers of excellence, and that's one of the reasons that we have so few of them, that they have a structure that is organized in this way that even the, before the patient is admitted, they are already kind of engaged with the rehab center. They engage the family. Uh, some of them, we even send a representative from the rehab center to whatever state the patient's in to do the introduction, to make the, the patient and the family comfortable with that transfer, to understand their needs, to understand what to expect when they get there. That's the pre-admission piece, you know, in, in having this communication with the family. As soon as they get there, you need to make sure that, as I said, you immediately are able to have everybody on the same page. And the centers of excellence, when they build a relationship, certainly with us, we obtain all the information we need. And sometimes we we don't get a lot of information from the trauma center. And finally, when they get to rehab, we get all the information because they're able to collect all this. And rehab doctors in general and rehab personnel are very detail-oriented and they go into much more of a broad view of the patient, different when we described before, all the specialties taking care of the fracture or the respiratory issue or the infectious disease. It's a much more wholesome uh, in terms of the whole body approach, and that's when you really get a very good picture. But you need that to be communicated with you. 
documentation is very important. Uh, extremely important, obviously, is the discharge because some, some centers, they are able to do everything beautifully and then they make a mess out of the discharge. They don't plan. There isn't a process. As I said before, you start thinking about discharge from the trauma center on day one. You start thinking of discharge from the rehab center on day one. Because otherwise, if you, you wait until the last minute to decide what the discharge plan is, it's too late. It's problematic. And then you have all these problems that patients get home and there is no nursing organized. There's not a person to do any of the wound care that they need or some in and out catheterizations or the medical equipment did not arrive. And that happens quite often, you know, in certain centers, uh, but not the centers of excellence. They, they make sure that those things are seamless. The physical therapy quality is quite high on the centers also. And they make sure that there is follow-up because it's another problem is you finish acute care and therapy doesn't end there for most patients. It continues for months. And we need to make sure that there is a transition to a local or to another professional. And uh, when I did this, and I did this in, in catastrophic cases and also pain cases, we had direct communications, doctor to doctor. I would communicate with the doctor that was handing off the patients. My therapist called the therapist that was going to take care. We'll send detailed notes and instructions of what we wanted to happen. Because sometimes you send it to somebody, you don't give any instructions. Next thing you know, they start undoing some of the things that you've done before. Great. So we've described centers of excellence. At Midwest, obviously, we have preferred centers of excellence. How do you determine fair pricing or the compensation that, that goes to those centers of excellence? Fair pricing is a, is a, a simplistic way to look at in, in some ways. Of course, we all want fair uh, pricing. But w- what is fair is for what services you get, that's a price for it. That means if you're providing excellent care and great outcomes, you might be more expensive. And I only say that because there's a tendency for this highly specialized centers of excellence to be more expensive because they're not going for the bottom of the barrel. Basically, we're talking about they want to do their best. They want the best outcomes. And that sometimes might come with a price tag involved. There are ways, of course, to, to work with this. And most of the centers are willing to work. You know, some states will have state fee schedules that can be applied. Some you can't. And maybe some of these institutions won't accept that. And, and that's a reality. And then we, we do certain arrangements. Uh, we personally, Midwest, uh, has agreements. We don't have contracts because we're not directly involved in payments. But we do have agreements with most of the centers to some level of discount for our patients because we have uh, such a large pool of patients. And, and most of them, they give us some preference, not only with price, but also if we, we have a patient and one of my nurses or myself or somebody from the team calls one of the centers, they sort of make this as a VIP because they realize that this is definitely a case that needs us and, and is coming from Midwest because they understand our needs. That means there, there are different things that you get, not just the price, but they will be a little more expensive than the, the average, but they're also going to give you more. Great. So at Midwest, and Fernando, you know this one's coming. You know, we try to connect all of our customers in a way that makes a difference. Can you tell me about a time you connected with someone in a way that made a difference? Uh, earlier on, we, we mentioned how could we help a patient to, uh, not too long ago, it was probably just a few months ago, we had a patient that was uh, actually uh, in a okay center, but we were really not happy 
that he was not being transferred to one of our centers of excellence, was a young man, and he had great potential, and he was refusing to go, and the family refused to go. And uh, what I did on that specific case, uh, we made sure that everything was okay for me to communicate with him, not as a treating physician, but as a physician with the experience of, of the injuries like his that have been treated myself, and also the experience that I have visited all the centers and knowing them and, and explaining to them what he was going to face in terms of, you know, the centers, some of them are absolutely amazing places. And if you describe to the patient and then you say, please go into the website and see, it might change. And with this young man, we're able to talk to his family and they agreed to go out of state, pretty far away, be away from his family. And his family agreed because I, I explained that those differences and, and made sure that you know, I remember clearly telling her, says, look, if it was my, I was talking to, to relatives, if it was my brother, that's where I would want him to go. And, and the patient went there and he did extremely well. The family was very happy. And we also made accommodations for the family to come visit while he was there. Because again, it's what we just described, you know, you can't be just thinking about savings. Oh my God, I'm not I'm not going to pay for a, for an airfare for the mother to go visit this kid in there. And then you create all sorts of problems because the kid probably won't be doing well. It's going to create stress on the family. It's going to make the family become litigious. And then you spend for airfare. You improve the chances of this case to go in a much better place. That means that's our philosophy. That doesn't mean we want to pay for everything. But we need to be as accommodating as possible. And I think that's what we always do. And that's how we, we intervene with these things. Thank you for sharing all your experiences with the Centers of Excellence. It's that personalized approach that can really make all the difference when you're positively impacting the recovery of an injured employee. Thanks for joining us today, Fernando. For everyone listening, we'd like to thank you for connecting with Midwest Employers Casualty. We hope MEC Connect has made a positive difference in your day and stay tuned for future episodes of MEC Connect. Thank you, everyone.